Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. we're doing week two of our series grow uh, last week we were talking about we were talking about the story of Jabez and how he was a guy who was just stuck with a label that his label was pain and suffering and he was just stuck in that position and how he came to God and said Lord that you would enlarge my territory enlarge my territory and we we're talking about plants and we were talking about how plants they get to a point where they they grow to fill the container And when they're full and they're in the container, they can no longer bear fruit because they've gone to the max size. And like me and Eden, we grew some chilies at home. And when we took the chilies off and we cooked them, we ate them, the plant couldn't bear any more chilies because as soon as the chilies were gone, it wasn't sustaining them anymore. It shot up to the maximum that it could be in the pot. And now it couldn't do it. So I started pulling branches off of it. I started taking leaves off. And then now there's this chili within like a week, boom, just appeared on the branch like that because it had reached the size of its container and you end up being in a position where you're frustrated, you're in pain and frustration leads to stagnation and it all goes south. And so Jabez is in this constant place of friction and frustration. He says, oh, that you would bless me, that you would enlarge my container. And it says that the Lord granted him his request. And actually, one of the things that happens to you and I is we get to points in our lives where we're just stuck. We're stuck. We're not bearing the fruit that we used to bear. We're not going and growing the way that we used to grow. We're stuck in this place and it sucks. And Jabez came to the Lord, he asked, and the Lord positioned him and enabled him to grow. We've got to sometimes step out into our container. Jabez, in asking the Lord that, he's stepping out in faith. Without faith, you don't grow. You don't grow in anything. In business, you don't take a step. You don't take a risk in faith. You're not growing anywhere. It's the same with your life. It's the same with relationship. When you're so like, oh, oh, do they like me? Do they not? Until you take a step of faith to find out, it's never going anywhere. And until people take a step of faith, it doesn't grow. And when you're there and you start to like one another, it takes a step of faith to go to the next level, to the next place. And it's the same with everything. And it's the same with being a parent, being a mum, being a dad, taking steps of faith that the kids are going to respond to the systems, the things you put in place and the things that you do to help them to grow. Hey, you all right, friend? Hello. And the cat's like, whoa, okay. Did not, <laughs> did not expect that this morning. This is not what I bargained for. So today we're talking about kind of relationships, but we're still looking at it. We're going to do relationships for over two weeks now, not just the one. We're going to touch on a couple of things. You see, for any relationship to flourish, it has to be given space. Just like Jabez, just like the story uh, of me even growing the chili plant, things have to have space to grow to the next level, to kind of move on to bear more fruit and it's the same with relationships I mean for me and Jody we've had to create new spaces all the time like you get married and you get used to creating new spaces because you're like oh this is other person in my life all the time now it's not like you make space for a date once once a week you know it's not like oh I'm gonna see you once a week it's like you're together and you're there and the idea of me just sitting down and doing six hours of video games when we first got married that's not happening That space is gone, dead and gone in the words of T.I., man. That is gone. (laughs) Bye-bye. And then the idea that I'm just going to go to my mate's house because I feel like it and just be there until an indefinite period of I feel like coming back. Like, you do that kind of stuff to your parents, but when you get married, (laughs) oh, no, no, no. That's not how it works. You create a new space. You create a new system, a new way of working that both of you can flourish. And it takes time and it takes a lot of getting things wrong, but eventually you start to grow and you start to grow together. But then you have a child 
And that is like, oh my gosh, a child. Like you have to create this whole new space. You thought before you had to create space, but now you really have to create space. The second one comes, Jesus taketh the wheel. Like, how are we gonna create any more space for this one? This is insane. Yeah, don't you look at me. We had to create space for you. And we're having to create space now. We're having to reposition our lives. The last two weeks, we've been looking at each other at the end of the day, and we've been going, we need to create some space. Like, like I'm, we're, th- this right now is, is getting by. But in a couple of weeks, this is going to be a really big issue because things come into your life that take up space that stop everything else from flourishing. And there comes a point where you not only don't bear fruit anymore, but the branches start to go like a gray-brown color. The leaves start to shrivel up and the plant can start to die because it's trapped in a container that can no longer can sustain it. And that's what happens in relationships. We're gonna read one chapter from the Bible today. I just wanna take a moment to plug the City Hill app. If you haven't um, downloaded the app, make sure you do. It's the English Standard Version of the Bible is on our app, so you'll read from the same translation as me. We're gonna be reading from Exodus chapter 18. Now this chapter, it's a bit of a long one, so bear with me, but it's because it's kind of needed. It's kind of necessary. We're gonna flow through this because this is our lesson for today because I really believe God wants to take all of us because this passage has been speaking to me this last week and it's been taking me to school. So we're all going back to school with the Lord today. So Jephro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for the people of Israel because they've been set free from Egypt at this stage, how the Lord had brought them Israel out of Egypt. Now Jephro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken um, Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home along with her two sons. Um, and one of the names was uh, Gershom, for he said, I've been a, a, a traveler in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliza, for God, the God of my father, was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. That's a great name. I mean, it's a lot shorter than that sentence. So that's pretty impressive. So then Jephro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, and where he encamped at the mountain of God, and he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jephro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other of their welfare and they went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jephro rejoiced for all the good the Lord had done in Israel and that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jephro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under your hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jephro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God and Aaron and the elders of Israel ate bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. The next day, Moses got to work. He sat to judge the people and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. From morning to evening. I'm going to take a pause there. We're going to carry on with this chapter. But here, right here, is a huge, huge issue. The people stood around Moses from morning till evening. So Moses' workday consists of, and Jephro observes it, that Moses gets up in the morning and there are just people around him constantly, constantly, issue after issue, problem after problem after problem. And it gets all the way to the evening. So it's not like Moses isn't doing this like nine till five. He's doing this, I woke up like this and started work, and then he goes to bed like this, and it's just constant, 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 constant. And I wanna put up a flag, a red flag, that all of us should use. 
Whenever in our lives there is something so constant, regardless if it's a relationship, it's a work scenario, or even if it's for, for church, it doesn't matter. If there's anything that's like that, that constant, that is a huge red flag. And as soon as you, you see something that consumes your life like that, if, if, if you're not worried about it, it's going to kill you. It is going to kill you. And the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' law, father-in-law saw that he was, all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me. And I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God, his ways, his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for this thing is too heavy for you you are not able to do it alone now obey my voice and i will give you advice and god will be with you you shall represent the people before god and bring their cases to god you shall warn them about the statutes and the law and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do moreover look for able men from the people many fear god many were trustworthy that hate bribes and place such men over the people as chiefs chiefs of thousands chiefs of hundreds chiefs of 50 chiefs of tens and let them judge the people at all times every great matter they shall bring to you but any small matter they shall decide themselves so it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you if you do this God will direct you you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. So Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties of tens, and they judged the people all the time. Any hard cases they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart and he went away to his own country. Man, I remember working, uh, managing a shop and I remember my first ever training, training day, it was a Christian bookshop and the first training we had away, they took us like, I think it was to Carlisle, some ridiculous mission just for a training day. And I remember this, this guy, Richard Morris, and he, he read this chapter to us and he said, this is what you have to implement in your shops. He goes, as managers, it was the first time they had all the new managers in the company across the whole country and they start us all together. He says, you have to do this. If you try and do everything, if you be a doer now in this new role, it will kill you, you will fail, no one else will thrive, no one else will grow. You'll be like a, a leadership lid. You've got to, you've got to create that space. You've got to create that space around you. And he called it the Jeffro principle. The principle is, you know, you get other people, you don't take it all on yourself. The thing with Moses, the one key thing he highlights is, he goes, okay, well, you, you're the one who has to go to God about the big things. Like, you go to God about the big things, but like, you keep doing this all day. Like, man, you see, one of the key things about you and I is, is so many people love to feel needed. They love it, they love it. Do you know how many different pastors I've hung around with who are just like, they have to feel needed. And so they, they have this desperate thing around them where they're just like, 
they're always like, oh, 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 and they'll say things to me like, oh, oh, and, and, and someone needed me at the, at the last minute to do this and to do that, and like, because, like, yeah, and I, I, I stepped in and I did that, and they're talking about it like it's a really big thing. And I'm like, man, that's, that's not a really big thing. Like, that's a really bad thing. <laughs> You're constantly living your life, ready to like, oh, 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 chasing this. Oh, this is too precious. Oh, this, 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 this. Just let the balls drop. Stop juggling, just let them drop. Just let them drop. Jeffro's watching Moses and he's like, man, you keep this up, you're gonna kill yourself. But you know what? This doesn't just apply to church and just running a nation or running a business. This applies to every area of our life. When we get a part of our life where everything is just consuming, Man, I've seen it. I've seen people be so consumed by a relationship. They're like, oh, 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 oh. Pandemonium is going on in the house all around them. But, oh, I've got a message in back. Oh, notification, notification. And you're looking. And, and for them, this is sane that everything else is just chaos and falling apart. But this relationship is just taking over. And you need a Jeffro just to step in and go, this isn't good. This is gonna kill you. This isn't good. And then when it's business, I get some people where they're like, oh man, man, first thing in the morning and then like still at 11 at night, oh, I'm just working, sending out these last few emails. It's like, like anyone's gonna be replying to those last few emails. And if you have a manager who replies to those last few emails, there are Moses that needs a Jeffro. You're an idiot. What are you doing? You gotta have a cutoff point. Man, the last job I was working in with some of the most vulnerable young people in London and I had the worst caseload out of everyone, what did I do as soon as the day ends? As I'm walking out the gate, I started whistling the same tune. I got, it was a Disney one, I think it was. I think it was, oh, what a beautiful morning, oh, what a glorious day or something like that. I used to whistle that out. People would be like, what the heck is this guy doing? Like, I've had people swearing in my face, F you, and like threatening to knock me out and I'd be like, oh, out the thing. And it was my thing, that was my flag, that was my, I'm done, I'm done, I'm not thinking about you, I'm not thinking about what's happening, this is gonna keep me alive mentally, I can't walk out of here with this, there has to be closure, this has to end every single day. I'm not thinking about this at night, I'm not thinking about this when I go home, I'm not going back to Eden going, oh, 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 thinking, there's this kid, there's this a risk of exploitation, oh, 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 no, I shut it down, it's done, it's done. You park that bus, you park it, You'll go crazy. There's nothing I can do that night. I'm not Batman. I'm not putting a suit on <laughs> to wait in some part of East London ready to jump off the booting, sweep down and beat up some teenagers about to exploit someone. I'm not. I jump down in the cave and get beaten up. You know what I mean? What's the point? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's completely stupid. The only way you can grow in your life is if you create the spaces around you. We talked about the container, stepping out in faith to the next container. But sometimes stepping out in faith is allowing others to step up and, and, and help around you. And sometimes you can be in, in family situations where you're, you're so swamped with everything, you gotta step back and allow others to step up and help and support in the areas you need. In business, sometimes you gotta be like, oh man, I can't smother this person. Like, oh, oh, oh you're, you're doing all wrong, let me do it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you do that, oh. That's it, you're screwed, completely screwed. You've got to do the Jeffro principle. Do you know what I love? What I love about it is Moses, what Jeffro says, the highest possible thing for you, Moses, in this is that in all these things, when the big stuff goes down, you go before God for the people. You've got to create space for the face in the place. Whatever place you're in, 
You've got to create space for God's face. 100%. Man, every time I can think of in my life where anything significant or of real worth has happened, I've created space for the face of God in the place that I'm in. Every time. Every time. I mean, time where it's just me and it's God and we're going to talk about things and I can say things exactly as they are or it's time where I try and have intimate time with God where I just pray. Sometimes where I try and hear from God. Sometimes where I'm just reading my Bible and I'm, I'm spending time with Him. If I don't create that space, I know what happens in my life every single time. I know when things go a bit messed up, a bit mushy. It's because that space hasn't been created and if that space has been created, I haven't defended it. I've had a notification, or I've had someone, oh, oh, I need to take, oh, no, 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 they're upset about something, this person's going through, oh, I need to, I need to, no, I don't. I don't need to be there, I don't need to help them, I don't need to assist them, I don't need to do any of that. Because here's the thing, if I haven't created space for the face and the place, I've got no answers for anyone. I've got nothing to give anyone, I can't assist anyone. But we're always knee-jerk reaction, and we end up, because you see, the things that sometimes shout the loudest, are just there to keep you occupied. Moses' problem is, everyone is just standing about him. Oh, Moses this. Oh, there's this going on. There's this. Oh, but this person said this. Oh, this person said that. This rumor, that rumor, this situation, that problem. And, and things will keep you so bogged down with the problems, you'll never be able to do the solutions because you'll spend your whole life just busy, busy, busy. Busy is never good. If anyone, when you ask someone how they are, if it's busy, that's the British thing we say. We always say busy, like it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. Busy is not a good thing to be. It's like, yeah, I've got things to do, but man, I, you know what? I had a great time this week meeting up with uh, an old friend who was pastoring church and he's not at the moment. And uh, he, someone asked him how he was doing and he said busy and they looked at him. He's, he's not working at the moment. He's like, he goes, yeah, I've redefined busy. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, I'm just doing things I want to do when I want to do them. It's great. Um, but he was like, busy. I nearly fell off my chair. I was like, geez, if you're busy, what hope does anyone have? But like, man, we say that like it's a good thing. Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. Busy is not the best. Busy is never the best. It's never the best. I've never met anyone who's just busy who's killing it. Never. Never. Like friends of mine that are, are executives that have earned a lot of money. Some guys I know who've got like a... Uh, companies they built from scratch worth a couple mil. Like if I message him on Facebook Messenger, they'll say, hey, want to meet for a coffee? He's got time, because he structures things. He creates space for a relationship, a friendship. But you and I, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. We're not busy. We're not busy. Busy's never good. I met, Tony and I met someone a few years ago who literally for eight years ditched everything in their life and just worked constantly so they could buy a house. And everyone was like, wow, that's so amazing. That's so dedicated. And I just went to Joey and went, that, they're crazy. That is so unhealthy. That is so ungodly. Like, you've put everything in your life on, ho- on hold to get that. You have that. But like, what did you do eight years later? Hey, guys, want to wanna go out for a drink? <laughs> My biggest problem was with church. I was at a church where I was at the Monday night renewal meeting. Tuesday night, I did a kids club. Wednesday night, I led a house group. Thursday night, every other week, there was a young men's prayer meeting. Friday night, I did the youth group. Saturday, I did discipleship for some teenagers who are about that life. And then Sunday, I spoke both services in the morning, and sometimes I was doing something in the evening. And then guess what? Monday came around again, and there's a renewal meeting to go to. And I did this, did this, did this. And do you know what happened? Best mate from school got married. Best mate, man. We did so much stupid stuff together, but it was good bonding. 
Nearly got killed in Putney a few times, but you know, worth a laugh. And he got married. I didn't get invited to the wedding. We never had a bust up. We never had an argument. I was Moses. Oh, 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 oh. I had no Jeffro. All everyone in the church did was like, well done, Andy. Go in places with God, encouraging me how spiritual I was, how great I was. I, no, one, no one stepped in and said, Andy, this isn't good. What are you doing? None of, none of, your, none of your friends that don't go know God are going to come to faith. You haven't created any space for them. You haven't created any space where you're mixing with people outside the church that, whose life you have an impact. You're just here, just, just, just with people around you all the time. And it wasn't until I became a youth pastor of a church where I had a, a senior leader who sat me down and the first thing he did in the review was, he said, how many non-Christians you spent your time with? And I listed, oh, about 10. He goes, oh, fantastic. Who are they? And I started talking about him and he realized they were non-Christian kids that I was paid to work with. <laughs> and then, oh man, he went mental. And he said, never let us have a meeting like this ever again. Ever again, he laid in. Because, and then at the time I was like, man, what a loser. And now I look back and I go, oh, thank God for that Jeffro. They taught me to look about church differently taught me to value people differently, taught me to be busy, not only just like that, but actually seeing people that don't know God, that having them around for dinner, going out, being intentional, not living that Moses life that is insane and you just don't achieve anything, but stepping out. I want to encourage all of us today with the one question that matters. The only question is, you see, Moses, top of his bucket list, top of his priorities to-do list was that he, he went and not, it wasn't just I told them the statutes of God, which he already had and received, but top of his list was that he would go to God. Top of his list. And Jephro's like, you're right, Moses, that is top of the list. You go to God. You connect with God. I can tell when someone has been with God because Moses came down the mountain and his face was radiant. He was lit, literally lit. They said his face shone. That's how lit Moses was when he came down the mountain. The guy was cheesed. That's how you can tell when someone's been with God. You can tell when someone hasn't been with God. They come into church like, <laughs> you've been lit on something else last night, man. I can tell, man. You, you, you're struggling, bro. You're struggling. You're like, whoa, whoa. You look like you've been in there with Conor McGregor the night before, man. You're like, whoa. If, if you have kids, you probably have. I've, I've had that a few rounds with Conor McGregor with this one and that one. Jeez, keeping up all night. But that's how it is. We've got to prioritize to keep that space with God. I'm going to pray for us today. And I'm going to pray for God to help us grow. Father, I thank you that you position people at stages in our lives and moments in our lives to speak wisdom that can protect and can save us. There is no greater wisdom than to create space for the ultimate relationship, our relationship with you. This week, may we find and create precious, precious space where we can talk, where we can engage with you, where we can meet with you, where we can then have that life source, that life power, that life gift that enables us to bring wisdom to those around us and healing and love and enjoyment. May we be people filled with life, filled with love. May we not just be people who are busy with busy sake, but people who have spaces created in their lives, spaces to help us grow in our work, in our business, spaces created to help us flourish as mums, as dads, as brothers, as sisters, as sons, as daughters, spaces created where we flourish above all things as children of the Most High God. Would we be people filled with love and with wonder? 
not people with just people standing around us constantly just draining and draining us. May we be full of your life and your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So that is week two. Week two, it is all about creating space for the face in the place you're in. Don't wait for things to be different and then go, oh, when things are like this, I'll create space for God. It will never happen. Create space for the face in the place. That's it for this week. you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london